What's up, Everlast? Y'all doing all right tonight? We're doing good? Can we give God glory just for uh, his presence tonight and just a sweet time of worship? Thank you to Wes and Elle and Jeremy. Gosh, I just love that. So sweet. Um, well, hey, my name is Kev. If you're new here, uh, I'm the young adult pastor. I have the honor and privilege and joy of being your young adult pastor here at Calvary Worship Center. And let me just say we're truly glad that you're here. I got to meet a, a few new folks tonight. Just so thankful that you came. Uh, be sure, if you are new, to remember to go out to the, uh, the Life Center, our foyer out there. And uh, uh, kind of, we'll, we'll kind of get you signed in. We won't spam you or anything like that, but we want to get you a gift, give you a gift just to say thank you for coming tonight. Um, let me also say, if I haven't met you yet, I would love to meet you. Maybe it's like your second or third or fourth time coming, and if I haven't met you yet, I would love to meet you after this. It goes for my, uh, my wife, Tina, who is our young adult coordinator and also our young, our young adult leaders and volunteers. We'd love to meet you. Please let us know how we can serve you. Well, tonight, as you can tell, we are continuing our series in uh, uh, this uh, series called Promises. And last week, my wife Tina started us off with this series and by talking through God's promises. And, uh, but specifically, God's promises in the waiting. Y'all, it was so good. Let me encourage you, go to our podcast. Uh, it's on Spotify or just Apple Podcasts. You can look up Everlast Young Adults. Please go listen. I know that you'll be blessed uh, through last week's sermon. But tonight we continue this series by talking about a promise God has given us that is such great news to a sinner like you and me. Um, this promise, though, uh, this promise we're going to talk about tonight, y'all, it can be easily um, misunderstood. Uh, and so in which tonight it's my goal to help bring a better understanding uh, to this particular promise that God, has, uh, that God gives us. We're going to talk about expound and bring clarity to God's promise to forget. It's like, God forgets? (laughs) Yes, he does. But it's not forget like we think of the word forget. More on this later. And you say, well, Kev, if he promises to forget, what does he forget? More on that later too. Uh, uh, But before we uh, dive all the way into tonight, I just would love to pray again. Uh, If y'all can bow your head with me and let's just go to God in prayer together tonight. Well, Father, we just come to you and we just say that we love you and we're so grateful that you are a compassionate God. You are so gracious, God, and Lord, we do, we honor you tonight. You're real, you're so true, and you're awesome. Father, we thank you for what you're doing here at Calvary Worship Center and specifically here in our Everlast Young Adult Ministry. Thank you for what you're doing in our midst, and we just love you, God. Speak to us as we continue in worshiping through you uh, in your word, worshiping you through your word. Um, God, I pray that you would do just that. Speak to us. Help us tonight, all of us, to uh, surrender our thoughts and our affections to you. And Everlast, I love to do this, just to give you just a few seconds, just to pray this. Pray this right where you're at in your seat. Just pray this in your heart to God. Say, God, would you speak to me tonight? And I encourage you to pray that same prayer for the person on your left and right. 
doesn't necessarily matter if you know them or not. We want to be a ministry that prays for each other. <laughs> um, just pray. They say, God, would you speak to them tonight? <clears throat> and lastly, I just would kindly ask that you please pray for me in these next few seconds, that God would use me to, um, yeah, to be helpful and to make things clear for you tonight. God, we love you. We honor you. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray and ask these things. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> now, uh, so, there are, uh, Everlast, there are several passages in the Bible indicating that God, forget, um, God forgives and forgets our sin. You're going to dive right in. Isaiah chapter, four, uh, chapter 43, verse 25 says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Can someone say amen to that? <laughs> Hebrews 10 also explains how Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for sin was a once and for all sacrifice. Unlike... The sacrificial system of the Old Testament, in which sacrifices were, they were continually made for sin, Jesus paid for sin once. His payment, y'all, was complete. Let's actually, can we go, I want to go there tonight. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10 together. Uh, if you could turn there uh, with me in your Bible or Bible app, whatever you have. If you don't have a Bible, uh, we have Bibles in the back, in those back, that back corner right there. If you don't have one, you can grab one. It's our gift to you as well. You can take that home. Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to be specifically in verses 14 through 18. <clears throat> Again, Hebrews 10, 14 through 18. Here we go. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Everlast, have you ever... Um, have you ever been in the moment where you know, you know that you know that Jesus has, that Jesus forgave you, you know that Jesus forgave you, but yet you still feel bad about what you did or what happened? Anybody been there? Sweet. It's always like, uh. <laughs> you think, so you, you think, you, you think this, this goes in your mind. How could God forgive me for what I did? How could God forgive me again for what I did again? How could he ever trust me again? People say, I mean, you've heard that, right? People say God, forget, God forgives and forgets, right? You've heard that. But, but you still remember, don't you? I guarantee that all of us can remember something we did that was wrong in the past or something someone did that wronged us. Um, it wouldn't take more than a few seconds to remember a sin that was committed against you or one that you committed yourself. That's just 
you know, it's with that obvious, real simple truth we can all agree with. You wonder, okay, so does God actually forget my sins? Tonight, we're going to answer this question. Ready? Does God forget? Quick answer, yes and no. Yes, he does forget, and no, he doesn't. Well, Kev, which is it? <laughs> you see, when we, Everlast, check it out. When we think of the word forget, we think of something we are physically unable to remember, like where our car keys are, right? Any car keys forgetters in the house tonight? You. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, nope, not, not, it's not, that is not me. Or, or, or what, about, what about the password to an email account you haven't used in a while? That, oh, that, one, that one gets me. <laughs> yeah, Carson's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, that was me. Um, uh, yeah, so when, when, when email first became a thing, um, I'm wearing a shirt that I love to rep. The 90s are all that. I'm a 90s kid. Thank you for that. Um, I'm a 90s kid through and through. Um, when email first came out, more in particular, I wonder how many of y'all had an AOL instant messenger? Yeah. Some of you are like, what? It, yeah, talk to me later. My, my password, y'all, <laughs> this is quite awesome to confess to all of you tonight. My password for all of those was poop12. <laughs> poop12. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it, it wasn't hard to forget poop12. It was easy. Poop was funny to type. And 12 was the age when I made the account. Done. You see, when we, freak, yeah, when, we, when we think of the word forget this way, then we can, if you think about that, we can pretty, uh, pretty easily associate God with that. Uh, we, we put this kind of definition towards God when we think or say that he forgets our sin. Or our sins, rather. <laughs> imagine, y'all, listen, imagine this conversation with God. I wrote this down. God, I, I, God, I know, I know you, you forgave me, but, but I feel terrible for that sin I committed. God looks at you confused. What sin? You know, God, the one I, one I did recently. God replies, you know, wow, for the life of me, I honestly just can't remember. God, it, it literally happened two hours ago. What, well, what was it again? Grand Theft Auto? Um, Wait, no, 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 no. Did you lust? No, 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 no. It was embezzlement. That, yeah. Ah, no, I'm sorry. Hold on. Uh, you know, I, I remember now. I totally do. It was gossip, right? Or was it? Man, unfortunately, I, I've, I honestly have no idea what you're talking about, Kev. God, I got angry at that guy on the highway and I cussed him out. He replies in shock, are you, are you serious? You, you did what? Well, I guess I already forgot about that. Everlast, is that our God? One who can't recall or, you know, what happened in our, one who can't recall what happened in our past, even if it was two hours ago. By all means, no, that's not God. We do not serve a forgetful God. We're going to kind of define this a little bit more later. As a matter of fact, y'all, this couldn't be further from the truth. God knows everything. I'm about to read off a handful of scriptures that reveal this truth. I think they're going to be on the screen for you. Please, if you're taking notes, jot these down. These are great scriptures. 1 John 3.20 says, For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. 
He knows everything. He knows not only the minutest details of our lives, but those of everything and everyone around us. He mentions even knowing when a bird or a sparrow rather falls to the ground or, or when we lose a single hair. Isn't that nuts? Matthew chapter 10, verses 29 through 30 says, Are not two sparrows sold for a cent, and yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. That's my God. That's our God. God knows everything that will occur until the end of history itself. Isaiah 46, uh, 9 through 10 says this. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. God also knows, y'all, check it out, our very thoughts. Even before a thought would come out and we would speak it. Psalm 139.4. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, oh Lord, you know it all together. He also knows our hearts from afar. That's what's, he, he even saw us in the womb. Psalm 139, uh, we're going to keep kind of reading in this psalm. Psalm 139, 1 through 3. Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Just a few more verses later in Psalm 139, 15 and 16, verses 15 and 16 says, My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book uh, were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Y'all, Solomon expresses this truth. Solomon says this, uh, he says it. Perfectly, 1 Kings chapter 8, uh, verse 39. Y'all could jot that down. 1 Kings uh, chapter 8, verse 39. For you and you only know the hearts of all the children of mankind. Everlast. So um, a lot of this, some, you know, a lot of this, uh, maybe we're kind of laying some foundational stuff. And some of us tonight, a lot of this is just being reminded of these foundations. This is good nonetheless. This is Rather, I would say great. These are great truths we're walking through here. Y'all, God being all-knowing means that he is what? Uh, the word is omniscient. He is omniscient. Omniscience is defined as, I think it's on the screen for you guys, the state of having total knowledge, the quality of knowing everything. For God to be sovereign over his creation of all things everlasting, whether visible or invisible, he has to be all-knowing, all Right? But he has to. By the way, his omniscience, y'all, is not restricted to any one person in the Godhead. So, listen, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all by nature omniscient. Being all-knowing and all-present, God, y'all, God can recall every little detail of all of history. As though it were currently happening right now. He can't physically forget anything out of inability. No. He can easily remember our sins better than we do. So, check it out. If God doesn't physically forget our sin, then what does he do? What does he do? Well, y'all buckle up. Because <laughs> I'm actually not just going to share one promise tonight. Hey. 
hey, hey, I'm going to share with you not one, not two, but three promises that God gives us. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm excited. <laughs> Turn to your other neighbor and say, no, really, I'm excited. Um, the first, though, check it out. The first promise, uh, like I mentioned, the first promise, like I mentioned at the beginning, we are definitely going to look more into and to find out a better way, or rather, you know, to, to, to define God forgets our sins. And so here it is. Y'all ready? Take your notes. Promise number one tonight. We're going to rephrase it. God chooses not to remember our sins. Come on. Yes, yes. That's what I'm Seriously. Amen. Y'all, that's so good. That, yes, hallelujah. I love that. Listen, now just to share that as a quick aside here at Everlast, like if you feel prompted to celebrate the goodness of Jesus, like this is a safe place. We're not faking it till we make it here. This is a, this is a grace place. You can, you can worship God freely here. That's so good. You can celebrate that. Amen. Promise number one, God chooses not to remember our sins. Let's walk in it. Here we go. Jeremiah 31, 34. And I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. God tells us, in this verse, that he will intentionally plan not to remember our sins. Y'all, the word remember in this verse is the Hebrew word uh, zachar. It's kind of the ch. You got to get the ch in there. Hak And literally translates as remember. So, but the even more full definition is this. Check it out. I love this. To recall, to be brought into remembrance, to cause, to remember, to mention, to record something down, to make a memorial over something. Okay? So, Hebrews 8.12 says, For I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. What God is saying, Everlast, is that he will never bring up their, your sins again. Ever. He won't write it down. He won't mention it. By the way, if you're married in the room, so many moments. Some of y'all about to get married. Those little moments, those little passive little things. You know, I would never do that. Kidding. No, I'm the king, unfortunately. I got to repent constantly of that. Where I just kind of these little passive like, hey, Tina, you kind of, you remember that, remember that thing you said you do, but you didn't? When actually probably I was the one that said that I would do it and I forgot. It's just crazy. Like this, God doesn't do that. He doesn't, that is not him. It's not our God. He won't mention it. He won't hold a grudge or build a memorial over what you did. He will, he will, I love this, he will choose and not to dwell on it. Y'all, we dwell too much, man. He will never cause it to come into his mind again. Now you may be wondering, well, check this out. Well, what about verses like Matthew 12, 36? Some of y'all may be thinking this tonight. This, this verse, Matthew 12, 36 says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. So, so what do we do with that? So if God remembers our sins no more, why do we have to give an account? Have you ever thought about that? Y'all, it's, it's a good question. And let's, let's, so let's start with the fact that, listen, there will, be, there will be a judgment of believers. Kind of getting to some thick stuff here. Y'all, y'all hang with me. There will be judgment of believers. However, Romans 8.1 some of you all may be familiar with this. It says this, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Which means, as Jesus says, you will not come into judgment. That is, you will not have to be condemned. 
I'll get in that clarification, ever. Your sentence is over, not guilty. You are righteous before the living God because of Jesus. Nevertheless, clearly, y'all, we um, are going to come into judgment according to, check it out, our works. 1 Corinthians, you can write this on 1 Corinthians 3, 14 through 15. 1 Corinthians 3, 14 through 15 says, If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. Though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. So, this verse, y'all, is talking about that there will be a reward and a loss of rewarding according to what we do. Yet God does not, I love this, God does not call our sin to mind as a ground for condemnation. I love how John Piper, pastor and author, said it when referring to these verses. He says this, I think it's on the screen for you. God knows everything, past, present, and future, but the not remembering is a not calling to mind for our destruction and a not calling to mind for anything except what would work good for us. So let's just say it this way, Everlast. Though God is physically able to remember your sin, he chooses not to. Though God is physically able to remember sin, he chooses not to. You know, God chooses not to recall or rather not to remember our sins. Hallelujah again and again. Let me ask you a question, though, real quick. Do you do this towards others? Think about that. At times it seems like we're more quick to remember someone else's sin than our own. I want to camp out here for just a little bit, cool? Why? Well, I think that this promise in particular is something that we need to let sink in. Because in human interpersonal relationships, we can choose to remember the offenses someone has committed against us or we can choose to forget. Again, forget meaning not recalling or remembering or rather hold against. To forgive someone, uh, we must often put painful memories out of our minds. I know this is hard for a lot of us. But here's the thing, we don't actually forget the sin. And it's not that we're unable to recall the offense, but we choose to overlook it. Y'all, that's huge. That is so huge. I remember this one time in my life, I was, uh, um, it was about probably five and a half years ago, six years ago. Man, I, I was so wronged. I'll just be known with y'all. Man, it was so hard, miscommunicated with. Um, and uh, it, I was so wronged. It was and, um, yeah, it was so hard. And, man, it was a process. It wasn't like I snapped my fingers. Sweet, I overlook it. Done. It was a process. And, and might I just add, you can't really do this on your own strength. <laughs> uh, it, this takes a work of the Holy Ghost in our lives. That's another reason why, y'all, we need to be young adults that pray 
and that pray hard and that prayer, pray often. Y'all listen, prayer, <laughs> prayer isn't just this grocery list of things that we, we, we ask God to do for us. Y'all, prayer is a dependency on God. Especially when it comes to overlooking your past or someone else's past against you or whatever. So what's the antidote to all this? Answer, forgiveness. Both receiving and giving forgiveness. Colossians 3.13, y'all write that down too. Great scriptures, man. Colossians 3.13 says, bearing with one another and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Check it out, y'all. Listen, receiving and giving the forgiveness of Jesus helps us prevent on dwelling on past troubles. Receiving and giving the forgiveness of Jesus helps us overlook offense. Receiving and giving the forgiveness of Jesus, y'all, it, it frees us. Y'all, listen, no one gives forgiveness better than a person who's deeply persuaded that they need it themselves. I'm going to say it again. No one gives forgiveness better than a person who is deeply persuaded that they need it themselves. And, can I say that, that, that it's been graciously supplied by a God who is uh, tender and full of mercy. When you remember how far you fall short, you are tenderhearted towards others who fall short. And you want for them the same forgiveness that has been freely given to you in Jesus. The forgiveness of Jesus, y'all, is our only hope. So promise number one was that God chooses not to remember our sins. Promise number two, here it comes on the screen. Promise number two, God infinitely separates us from our record of sin. Gosh. Have you ever done something and uh, someone recorded it down in their heart and then every time you talk to them, they bring it up again? <laughs> God, hey, hey, God will never do that. 1 Corinthians 13, 5, the famous love passage, right? This is one of my favorite moments. Uh, uh, it says that love, it keeps no record of wrongs. Psalm 103, 12 says, as far as the east is, hold on. The east is from the west. I was trying to do y'all's vantage point. I thought someone would laugh at that. As far as, uh, pity laugh, thank you. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove, the, uh, um, he remove our transgressions from us. How, how far is the east from the west? Infinite. Hallelujah. Amen. Way to go. Now, if God would have said, if God would have said, he would separate our sins as far as the East Coast is from the West Coast. Uh, well, clearly, clearly there's an end to that, right? And quite frankly, that would suck. <laughs> um, we would be hopeless, not to mention that it goes completely against what we mentioned earlier, that once-for-all sacrifice that Jesus made. Y'all, when does one stop going East and start going West? Y'all, it's impossible to say. Meaning our sin is so removed from us in God's mind that the two will never meet again. Our record of sin. He will never see us in relation to the sins that we've committed. If I fell into th this particular sin again and then come to him in repentance and confess it, he will address it as a new sin and then he'll forgive me. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Listen, y'all, here's what God won't do. 
when we go to him brokenhearted over our sin, repentant, God's kindness leads us to that, right? When we, when we, when we go to him and, and we go to him with the sin we committed again, he, he will not bring up that sin that we initially did 10 years ago and say, really, are you serious? You did that again? Are you serious? God, God won't do that. No, our God is gracious. He's gracious. Do we continue to sin because grace abounds? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That would be an abuse of grace. If grace has truly grabbed your heart, you've been transformed. I've shared this before. When God, my, my pop always says, when God's grace or God's love and grace grabs you, he gives you new taste buds. <laughs> he, he, you, you desire the things of Christ. You desire to walk and glorify God. Walk in Christ and glorify God. Y'all, it's that same grace that infinitely separates us from our record of sin. Speaking of grace, let's go to our third and final promise for tonight. Promise number three. Y'all ready? God blots out your sin stains and throws them away. Some of y'all need to hear that tonight. We mentioned... I'll say it again. God blots your sin stains out and throws them away. We mentioned, yeah, we mentioned this earlier, but I'm going to read it again. Isaiah, uh, fifth, uh, sorry, Isaiah 43, verse 25 says, I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will, uh, I will not remember your sins. Not too long ago, uh, my lovely wife and I, which, by the way, me and my bride, we've been married eight years today. Hey, thank you. Yes, yes. Uh, Eight amazing years. Gosh, I love you so much, sweetheart. Wherever you're at. There she is. She's 5'2", and she pops up her head. Yeah. I love you, babe. You're amazing. Anyways, I, uh, me and my, life, me and my wife uh, loved going to the movies. I took her to the movies not too long ago. And here's the thing. Tina can attest. I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty notorious for getting stains on my shirt. And you know what I've learned the more red the food or drink, the more stains. I'm, I'm serious. And why in, the, why, why in the world, every time I eat or drink something that has the color red in it, I always seem to be wearing a white shirt. That's just, that's just, that, it's, a, it's, just it's a thing. I mean, really, it's like all my white shirts, like all my, I've, I wear a lot of white V-necks and whatnot. You know, Hanes V-necks, you get like a pack of nine for nine dollars. It's amazing. Um, but it's like all the shirts have collectively band together and said, <laughs> Kev will never enjoy this date. We'll, we will destroy his date nights. Ah, and his, his wife's date night with him, everything. I guess, it's, I guess it's my fault, though, honestly, for always ordering a large cherry icy. I, it just, I just, but they're great. They all, seriously, they're delicious and nutritious. Just delicious. Anyways, when I go home and I try to remove the stain, y'all, no matter how hard I try to, quote unquote, you know, blot the stain out, uh, the icy prevails, or rather the white t-shirts do, you know, uh, and they're banned against me. You see, when we read the phrase blot out everlast, we think it means that God takes a resolve spray cleaner and sprays the icy stain of our sins. Or rather, like a whiteout marker. There's another kind of example. And, you know, God tries to blot out our sin with the whiteout marker. Sure, it's gone. Well, well kind of. You, you see, with Resolve Spray Cleaner or whiteout, you can still tell that there used to be a stain there. There used to be something written down. But this phrase blot out doesn't mean blot out like whiteout. No, 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 no. 
The Hebrew word actually for blot out means to obliterate and utterly destroy. Micah 7, 19 says, he will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. And as I was preparing for the sermon, I thought about Jesus' blood covering us and washing us. This was worshiping him in this and his blood covering and washing our stains. And then I thought about, you know, blood being the color red. Um, and I think it's kind of cool that to think, this is kind of a fun way to think that his ultimate sacrifice was the color red that we don't ever want to come out. <laughs> um, spoiler alert, it doesn't. It stays. <laughs> it covers us. It washes us clean completely. Obliterates sin. Let's, let's read some scriptures to prove that. Ephesians 1, 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Romans 5, 9. Since we have now been justified by his what? Blood. How much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Hebrews 9, 14, how much more than will the, what, blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our conscience from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. Everlast, can I urge you to do something tonight and daily? <laughs> repent. The message of repentance. Acts 3, 9 says this, repent, therefore, and turn again, and your sins may be what? obliterated, <laughs> destroyed, blotted out. So your sins being obliterated is directly connected to repentance. Is repentance a continual thing? For those that are getting married or married in the room, may, may repentance be a, a quick thing you do in your marriage? Get in that habit. It's a great habit. You're single in the room, if you're dating, whatever, wherever you're at. Repentance is a beautiful thing. Don't turn a deaf ear to this. Not saying you are, but I think it's kind of easy. It's a word we hear. It's like, yeah, kill, cool, got it, repent. But listen, repentance is an awesome thing. It's where we turn away from empty promises of sin and turn to the fullness of joy that's only found in Jesus. When you do this, God's promise, right, is to forgive us and to clean us, clean us right up. I always love this quote. I quote it a lot here. It's applicable again. Religion says, I messed up. My dad's going to kill me. The gospel says, I messed up. I need to call my dad. Listen, God obliterates our sin. He doesn't use whiteout. <laughs> it's when we call our, on our heavenly father, it's, it's when we call on, on, on our father that he, he takes care of business. He tears the page of our sin out of the biography of our life and throws it in the shredder. <laughs> he, he then takes the shredded pieces, lights them on fire, then throws the ashes into the crevices, the deepest crevices of the ocean. He obliterates them, the record of your sin. End of the day, those who have their transgressions blotted out by the blood of Jesus are forgiven and will spend eternity in heaven with them. Without Christ, though, I don't know if all of us are saved here. It's our prayer that you would know Jesus. But without Christ, however, sins um, um, remain a dark stain on your soul. And the fate of the unforgiven is eternity separated from God in hell. That's just the truth. It's not to be scary. It's just the truth. Uh, no matter, listen, no matter um, the sincerity, your religious fervor, or good deeds on the credit side of our ledgers <laughs> um, can blot out our transgressions. We can't do nothing. 
Only the blood of the spotless lamb of God can blot out or obliterate our transgressions, erase our debts, and make us ever clean before God. Hebrews 9, 13 through 14 it's not on the screen, we'll read it real quick though. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. Verse 14, how much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our conscience from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the loving God. Love that. We read it a couple times. Such an amazing, amazing moment of scripture that shows us and um, um, reveals this truth to us. So in closing, and to reiterate, y'all, the promise that God chooses not to remember your sin, the promise that God infinitely separates you from um, your record of sin, uh, the promise that God blots out your sin and throws them away. Y'all, these three promises, um, we, we, we really, we, we, we can't breeze past. And y'all, we need to be daily reminded of wherever you're at with God. It's my prayer that we collectively, as a young adult ministry, let these, promise, let these three promises propel us um, into a deeper love and adoration and relationship with Jesus. Helping us to live out the same kind of love um, that doesn't keep record of wrongs. That we would exude that to each other. May we be quick to forgive and, and choose not to remember offense like he has to us. Amen? Let's pray together.